because I remember the infamous story and I'll let you tell it. I think I had the peak was 424k and so I had to restart from zero. I had a pretty good reach because I, I reached Bogba. He liked and commented on one of my posts. Dybala too? No. I, no, not Dybala, but I think it was Bogba, like Chicharito, Slatan, maybe Balotelli, some of the Beckham kids. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Eric Garcia, and I'm here today with a special guest, one of my good friends, one of my oldest friends, actually, um, and we can call you a, a business partner or a you know, fellow founder, whatever you want to call it, but we're here with Abraham Perez, also known as AP. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. It's good to be here. Um, I've actually listened to a few of your podcasts. And they were really good. I learned a lot. So now it's nice to be on the other side. And instead of being a listener, being a guest now. So I'm excited. Dude, yeah, I'm excited to have you on, bro. I know we we had Danny on last time and uh, you were here watching as well. You've had the opportunity to watch a live show. And so now I'm glad to have you here as well because you have a lot to say. I think I, I respect you and I admire what you do because you... You've been through a lot and you've done a lot. And so a lot of people don't know that either. Uh, so I think I was thinking last night, like, damn, what am I going to talk about? But every time I talk with you, it's like always such a good conversation. So yeah. I'm like, I don't really need to prepare for this because it just just flows like that. Um, but, yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, I'll, I'll explain AP's background real quick, um, how I see it. And then I'll let you kind of go and dive into it and get get, uh, you know, get them where you want to get them. But uh, AP is. Um, founder and creator of the humble community and ap7 edits hd uh if you guys didn't know that and he'll dive into that and i'll definitely ask more questions student at babson college out in boston um on the east coast and so you're about uh you're about to head out what like a couple hours a few hours yeah danny said be ready at six so about to finish this podcast and then head out honestly yeah maybe stop by some primos Shoot, yeah, you should put me on that credit card, so I might have to splurge for the boys, you know, one last time. Um, but yeah, now let them know, like, let them know what you're about. How, who is AP, and uh, you know, what brought you out here today? Um, well, to start off, I would say, yeah, my name is Abraham Perez, AP. Uh, I was born in Berkeley, California. Shout out Berkeley, it's the hometown, or that's the birth town. But I was raised most most of my life in San Rafael, California. So Marin County, shout out Marin County. And yeah, uh, basically, ever since elementary school, which is actually where I met Marco, who's behind the cameras right now. Shout out Marquinho. Case Films, yep. Yeah, Case Films, yep. So yeah, that's where I went to San Pedro Elementary School. Then from there, I went to Davidson. From Davidson, Marin Academy, and now Babson. And yeah, my whole life, I feel like I've just, I've had, I've been, a, I've always been a hard worker and a person that works hard, you know, because I feel like. It has to do with, like, the way you were raised, you know? So, if you guys don't know, I, I was raised by my mom, so single mother, and with my I live with my sister. Shout out, Abby. She's listening to this. Yeah, so... Um, sister G. Yeah, so, yeah, ever since I was a kid, you know, like, I would see my mom work, like, multiple jobs, like, two or three times, two or three jobs, just to provide food, shelter, all that stuff. Um, and, yeah, like, she didn't know how to drive before. So she only recently learned how to drive, so she would bus it or walk, all that shit, whatever it took, you know, just to get to work. And, like, so just seeing that at a young age, and, like, she wouldn't be home sometimes, you know, so I would have to take care of my sister. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I feel like I just had to do a lot from such an early age that it allowed me to explore different interests uh, and kind of just, I would say, like mature and 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 really get to like grow up in a completely completely different way than other people especially here in marin who very privileged for sure so yeah i feel like that that for sure my background how i was grown how i was raised uh impacted and played a role in in the person i am today and how um yeah i just always put in the work even if i didn't necessarily feel like doing it you know so like for example school i've always like been like i was always told like you got to go to school you got to get good grades um yeah so my mom emphasized all the time she's like you don't want to be end up like me or you don't want to end up like me being having to work like two three jobs like do all this stuff that you don't really want to do like obviously there's no other choice because or else like if she didn't do that like we wouldn't have food we wouldn't have clothes we wouldn't have all this stuff so yeah, I, I just always knew I had to grind and be able to make it out of of the low income housing basically. So That's wild, bro. No, I uh I, I could relate to that too, like single mother gang, you know. Shout yeah. out all the single mothers out there. Y'all yeah, y'all do your thing. Um and that that's a tough thing cuz statistically, um Jordan Peterson said that men or boys that are raised by single women are the most likely in life to not achieve their uh vision of success. And that's like, so you're statistically against the odds, you know? Exactly. So, which is, it's crazy because that, for me, that motivates me and, and I'm sure it motivates you too, which is what you just said. So I love that, man. And what, um, you know, stood out to me about what you, what you said in that story is that you went from Davidson to Marin Academy. For those, those of you guys that don't know, Marin Academy is like one of the best private schools here in Marin County and actually probably in California, right? Um, for sure. And so talk to me a little bit about how that, how that happened because I mean, I met you in high school. I think it was like freshman year, sophomore year. This little like I thought you were Asian, bro. I'm not gonna lie. This little like little Latino kid with freaking dyed hair, wearing a Cristiano Ronaldo jersey. And then I'm like, and then <laughs> you're probably like five two at the time, five three maybe. And then I just hear this dude like, "Yo, what's good? My name's AP." I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" And we just started balling up with Chris and all of them. Shout out, shout out, Chato. He'll be on here soon. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like. I don't know. You were just cool. And I'm like, and then they're like, yeah, he goes to MA. And I was like, you go to MA, bro? And then I remember we just started talking and I knew you were different at that moment. I'm like, oh, something about AP is like different. You know, you're not like someone that just like plays soccer just to play soccer. Because then they showed me about uh, AP7 AP7 Edits HD. So I know that was like the the, the, the Riz back then, you know, like yeah. the thing back then. Um, but before we get to that, because I do want to get into that, I have a ton of questions because that kind of relates to what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always forget that you did that. But how did you get into MA and then what was that experience like? So, yeah, um, the way I got into Marin Academy was through NGS, which is Next Generation Scholars. Shout out NGS, by the way. Um, and they're like a they're a uh, after school program for uh, low income students. It was it was like a college accessory, uh, like a college readiness program, right? And so, they recruited me because before I was in NGS, I was in a Canal Alliance. Yeah. So I think I think that's where I may have met Chato, or I already knew him through Davidson. But yeah, shout out Chato. He was also in Canal Alliance, and yeah. So I would always just like like I said before, I'm a hard worker, so I would always do my work, get fairly good grades, you know. And then shout out Melissa, one of the teachers at. Uh, 
uh, Canal Lines. So Melissa was the one that actually recommended me to NGS because oh, I think she had some ties with NGS or something. So, yeah, I applied to NGS like when I was still a little jit, like sixth grade, I think, <laughs> yeah. sixth grade. And so ever since the sixth grade, like we would have summer summer programs like it was a month a little bit more than a month like six weeks and so we would have to go to summer classes like basically like summer school yeah where we would learn like you know it would it would kind of ready prepare us for the for the upcoming year so if i was a sixth grade it would prepare me for seventh grade if i was in seventh grade prepare me for eighth grade if i was in eighth grade prepare me to go to high school whatever it may be yeah and so yeah we also but in addition to that like we would also have like other classes like a little bit more like creative classes you know so that it would kind of start sparking the creativity in the young children. Right. And so, yeah, through them, I was able to apply to Marin Academy because they're very well connected. And so they helped me apply. Um, they helped me set up interviews so I can be prepared. That's crazy. Yeah, so they, yeah, they really, like, shout out NGS for sure. They were very uh, helpful. And I was one of the few people who was fortunate enough to be able to to be able to be part of that program, and I would say yeah, NGS for sure helped a lot in in being able to get into MA, but at the same time it was also like my work ethic and what I put in on, on, down on the table. So it was a little bit of both, and that's how because or else I don't think I would have ever known about Maroon Academy. You know, yeah, like I was. I just, like I, I I read I'm from the canal if you guys know where that is, okay. so it's the K yeah, basically like low income housing here in Marin County, uh and yeah I didn't like when I was in middle school like I didn't really leave, San Rafael that much because like I said my mom didn't drive, so like we would have to bus everywhere like, it was just very like it was very very much a bubble for sure, and so through NGS I was able to expand like my knowledge and knowing of the world and and not even just the world but just San Rafael in general and that's how I was able to apply to Marin Academy and then I got in and then from there's different story yeah yeah I got a question Do talk to me you, I guess you could answer this after for the podcast Do you right. think if if you didn't get into Marin Academy you would be a Babson enough Ooh, wow for if you guys excellent hear, question he yeah, said yeah. if you didn't apply to marin academy would you or if you didn't go to marin academy would you be at babson right now that was marco's case films question um i think i would still go because well just on, as an example like danny yeah he wanted to like i think if i didn't go to Mar if i didn't get into ma i would have gone to to i think because like i had i had signed the you know how i was like you want to go to sr yeah. I don't know about you guys, but for us, like for all the Davidson kids, yeah. we got two options basically because those are like the public schools here in San Rafael for those of you who don't know. And so like I remember I did the TL once. So I was like, yeah, I go to TL, blah, blah, blah. And like I didn't really like t tell many people about Marin Academy because I was like, because really? I didn't know. Like I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, you know. Mm -hmm. I was a bit more timid back then. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I remember just getting the acceptance letter. I was like, oh, shit, like, this is actually going to happen. Like, I got the financial aid, all that. Shout out MA for that. How much does MA's sticker price, like, what's MA's sticker price? Now, I'm not sure. Back in the day, it was like 40-something K a year, bro. Holy shit. Like, that's, that's, that's that, was, that was just for in high school, bro. Those are like, that's 
that's pretty much like college level like pricing that's right the there college level tuition right there yeah that, that was insane but yeah they wow. plugged it with the financial aid so because of that i was able to go and do it was just completely different from going from davidson to Merton academy bro it was just yeah. very eye-opening for sure um i think i think to, to touch on what you said about you know ngs and that experience and getting to ma like it seems like they almost just gave you the blueprint of like the principles and the basic foundation of like how to be successful in school and it was more about you actually using those things to your advantage and applying them to life and, and actually like you know they tell you in order to go to the school you have to st- or in order to be successful you have to study these many hours and be have a have a schedule and be timely and organized and it's like yeah that's obvious to like us now because we're old and shit but before you're like oh fuck like I, I didn't know that like you don't just kn- you don't know to do things at a certain time because like my brother he's 13 he's still a little jit and he just does whatever he wants you know um and i'm trying to teach him these habits but i think for them to teach you and show you these things is is one thing but for you to actually apply them is another thing and to lead off of that because you said you know ma was a whole other story you know i know we could spend probably hours talking about that but I'll, maybe we'll just sum it up in one question um how i guess what was the most eye-opening um what was the mo- most eye-opening lesson you learned at a private school that cost $40,000 a year, which is MA? These people got mad money, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it because it's, it's like I always, I always see money as like me. I, I, I don't care. I'll talk about money. It's like a very open thing to talk about for me. I know some people, especially in like Latino culture, it's very like, oh, like you don't talk about money, sex, and religion or some shit or like politics or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um I'll talk about it all. It's the podcast. It's a real talk. It's a soul talk right here. Um, you know, like, what was that like then? Dude, yeah. Um, well, it's crazy because, like, I think I was, it was, I was a freshman, you know. I was going to my first ever, like, high school party. Oh, shit. Dude, I walk in. It was, it was in the city. I walk in. Bro, that house was, like, a four floors in the city. Like, that, an elevator. Oh. All these stuff. People everywhere, bro. Like, just turning up. I was, like. Mind you, like, I don't think I, I had ever drank before. And I was just, like, a little freshman me, like you said. Fucking, like, I was just, like, holy shit, bro. Like, this, this is a different game. And I'm not going to lie. At first, it was, like, it was a bit strange because, like, you know, I was just a brown boy, you know, from the Bay. Uh, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but very, very few people of color for sure at that school. Yeah. and predominantly white for sure and so yeah man i was just like every time i was walking through or whatever i was like damn i wonder if they're like looking at me differently mm-hmm. and they're like yeah. damn what's this like brown kid doing here type shit but to be honest like a majority of them they were like fairly chill you know there's a few people who were like kind of stuck up or like a little like uh they felt like they were a little above everyone else but yeah. for the majority i feel like everyone was like pretty chill like I feel like here in Marin, like, it's it tends to be more of a liberal area, you know? Definitely. So, they were, the kids that were raised, you can tell they were for sure privileged, but most of them, like, were pretty down-to-earth and pretty chill, and they didn't really care, like, about the money, right? But at the same time, like, it was not like they didn't have it, you know? They weren't going to show it off and all this stuff, but they didn't, like, they didn't, like like flex it that much you know yeah it's almost like uh everybody like all these people that go to this school obviously they have money unless you're someone like you who you know who who who's a 
outlier and anomaly in this situation because like for them they have it they all have money so like there's no point of like flexing it like it's like you know two uh let's say like fucking power lifters they're both benches 225 or i don't know whatever like 405 415 there's like oh okay we both bench 415 like i'm not gonna flex on you say like oh i could bench more like i can bench as much as you like there's no logical sense to that um and, and it's interesting because at that point you know you're just like them at that point, except you don't have money, but you're still in the same situation as them, which is, is crazy to see. And, and I, I'm glad you, you can notice that, too, and, and also not really uh, fall victim, like a victim mindset type of thing where it's like, oh, my God. Like, I know imposter syndrome, that's like something that we talked about a little bit, um, but it's obviously something you have to kind of understand and get over. And, and it's just more about dealing with yourself at that point. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like. It also didn't help that I think most of the kids that went there, like, they were all from the same middle school. So they, like, somehow, like, all knew each other, you know? Because it was a pretty small school. I think it was, like, 400 kids total. So, like, 100 kids per grade. So, like, they all somehow knew each other. And then I was, like, kind of, like, I didn't really know that many people, you know? I think I knew, two like, two people going in who were I only knew because they were also in NGS, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, luckily, like... Like, they all played FC, or, like, a good amount of them played FC, Mm -hmm. and I knew people who played FC, so I kind of, that's how I kind of started, like, getting to know people through through soccer, honestly. Yeah, well, speaking of soccer, then, how was your experience then, you know, playing as a kid, obviously, um, but then creating AP7 Edits HD, and why don't, maybe for them, actually, you know, scratch that question, why don't you explain what is AP7 at its HD or what was it? Yeah, I don't know. Is it still alive? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 pretty much retired now. Retired. But uh, yeah, sadly. But no, yeah, AP7 edits. Um, dude, it actually started in in middle school, and I think we I talked a little bit about it during the the intro videos, which I don't know. They probably aren't out yet. I don't know if they'll be out yet. The HK1. Yeah, but when we went to Davidson, like. Uh-oh. I remember I, I so I took steel pans right, and steel pans was like it's like an instrument from for from the Caribbean. Not many people like know how to play steel pans, let alone teach it. Yeah. So when when our steel pans teacher was out, we would have subs, and they didn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> so we kind of just had like free time for a whole block or whatever, mm-hmm. period, whatever it was. And yeah, I just I was with my friend Mario, and he he was doing like Vine videos back then. And so he kind of taught me how to make edits on the phone during that free period. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I made my first ever edit, posted it on Vine, got, like, five views. Shite quality. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. But I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn more. Because that was when Vine was kind of popping. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, six-second videos. Shout out Vine, if anyone still remembers Vines. Those Vine were was, iconic. like, blueprint for TikTok, basically. Like, what would you do? Like, stream record, like, games or, like, like YouTube videos and then post them on Vine and then, like, quick clips, like, yeah, you know, Ronaldo highlights or Messi highlights, Neymar highlights. Yeah, because Vines were, like, six seconds. So, I guess I would just take, like, YouTube videos, shorten them up, add my own music and get, like, the best highlights and then just post those. And at first, I didn't really see much growth. But then um, my friend Mario, who I was talking about earlier, he also had an account with a few more followers. So he would, like, revine back when that was a thing. Kind of, like, reposting on TikTok or whatever. So, yeah, he would revine them and then like them. And it slowly started getting more growth, right? And then after that, I started moving from making videos on my phone to actually using a a laptop. Yeah. And at this point... um, 
I was using Final Cut Pro and so the videos were a little nicer. I figured out where to find like the videos, the full matches, all that stuff. So that it wasn't like the YouTube ones because the YouTube ones are cropped already and people have their own watermarks and stuff. So it makes it a little harder to make it unique. And so, yeah, I, I, I started making the videos on Final Cut Pro. That's impressive. How old were you then? 12, 13? Something like that. Yeah, I was still in, I was still in middle school slash like going into high school. So like freshman year of high school. Yeah, and so after that, like Vine was starting to die, so a lot of people were starting to move to Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I was one of the few, like I guess, pioneers that moved to Instagram and started posting my videos there, which were like at that time they were like 15 seconds max. And so yeah, I started making them longer, nicer quality, and and I just every day like posting consistently two to three times a day i was just grinding Wow. i was even making videos for like other bigger accounts really? in exchange for like likes and like like for them to share my my oh, videos you know yeah, yeah that's crazy. so that's how i would start you know you gotta it's always you gotta work your way up so that's kind of how i started i was like i'm just gonna grind like i'll make some videos for my account and i'll tweak them a bit and give them give them some that to them and then, dude, out of nowhere, bro, 10K, 50K, 100K, Yo. rapidly, what was, the, what, rapidly. Was the, what was that? Because I remember the infamous story, and I'll let you tell it, when you reached your peak, and then the downfall came after that, right? Because yeah. I remember I remember you told me, he's like, I got how many? I think I had the peak it was 424K on IG, and... Yeah, I think I was in. I was actually on vacation. I was in Tahoe, bro. I was living it up. Yeah, oh, I was God. with Cam. Shout out Cam Jam. Uh, I was yeah. I was with Cam in Tahoe, and dude, I just get like an email saying like your account has been disabled or something. I'm like, what? Oh no way. I'm like, no way. I look. I try to sign in, or I look. I go to the Instagram. I'm signed out. I'm like, oh shit, this is not good. I try to sign in. Nope, your account has been disabled. Like copyright issues stuff like that and mind you i was like sophomore in high school i think so i still didn't know exactly what copyright and all these other things were yeah like i knew that like essentially like basically you couldn't take like the whole games and upload them obviously because there are the the games are the games have rights that are exclusively owned to the respective leagues but what I was doing was just taking the full games and making small, like, 15 to a minute videos. Right. And literally everyone else was doing it, too. So it wasn't just me. Yeah. And then I guess my account was just one of the unlucky ones that got taken down. But I have a theory because I would always, like, theory. my theory was that, like I said before, I'm always about quality mm-hmm. over quantity. So I always try to make the nicest edits possible, full HD, all that. And I guess they didn't want to see me winning, bro, because literally they took my account down when there was other accounts who were literally reposting and like cropping my my no. my like watermarks, yeah, or like just cropping the videos, oh, God. like lesser quality basically, and like they were still up and running, so I was mad. I I tried to do everything I could to get my account back, and yeah, they didn't work, and so I had to restart from zero. Managed to get like a hundred k again, 
and then they took that one down too i was like bro at that point i was like fuck what do i do do i want to keep doing this or not and i think the second time i had a backup one yeah because i was like all right just in case it happens again i'm gonna be prepared Mm -hmm. so i had a backup one with like 25k and so to this day that's the one i have now but i don't really post anymore so oh shit you you retired why'd you stop just just because well i kind of i was editing throughout like all of high school and so, like, when I got to college, I just didn't have time. Yeah, because I remember you, you posted, like, uh, was it recent? Like, two years, maybe? Ago? Probably a few years ago, yeah. yeah. I tried, but I don't know. It was just my my uh, my passion for it just is not there no more. Yeah, that's good. You got to learn to, like, kind of yeah. get through one thing. And, I mean, you had success, bro, which was crazy. Yeah. Like, you, half a mil, basically. Yeah, half and I made mil. a good amount of money, not going to lie. How how would they pay you like for that? Um, I think it was back then it was PayPal. No, oh okay, well yeah, that that's that is what I asked, but that's not what I meant. Sorry. I mean, uh, like, what would you do to earn money? Oh, oh yeah yeah. So basically, I would like have like my rates for like shoutouts. So I'd oh. be like I'd be like oh like a one hour shout out was like twenty bucks, and then like if you want like three hours like forty, if you want a whole day it'd be like wow. fifty. Because you had that audience. Then. Yeah could follow along. exactly you so charged more. i know i definitely could have charged like a hundred for the whole day yeah yeah, yeah. So, like a whole shift, basically. and nowadays exactly. it's probably like tons for more. sure i'd be seeing like athletes like Actually, girl athletes time, yeah that was good actually yeah well i don't remember specific kinda, numbers but it was something around the lines of there well yeah it to, like, the yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah inflation man but yeah i mean i had a pretty good reach because i i reached bogba he liked and commented on one of my posts Dybala too? No, I, no, not Dybala, but I think it was Pogba, like Chicharito, That's wild, Zlatan, bro. maybe Balotelli, I, some I, of the Beckham kids. That's wild, bro. I think so, it's good to see that in retrospect because I feel like yeah. now what we're doing now with social media, that's more common. Uh, yeah. Not to get comments from people, but to like actually do what you did. That's what I'm trying to do with the podcast and stuff. It's just um, different ways of doing it, and so it's it's really interesting to see how like some people can do it like as a very at a very young and early age and have a lot of success and then now you're like okay let me do something else and then other people like me will like always wanted to i never did it mm-hmm. and then probably not until after i met you because i remember we did the latino four right yeah. and <laughs> you know how that shit went but yeah. um you guys something to say wanted to mention you remind me a lot about myself because when i was when you were doing vine yeah. guess what i was doing vine dude guess what i did you know, uh, Liam V and King Baj and all them? Yeah. I made a Vine Wars account for them, and I posted hella videos of them. And I sh- they would always comment on my shit. Oh, they would say, shit. keep up the good work, shit like that. Yeah. I sold that account, actually. I made one on Instagram, too. Because Vine went to shit. Yeah. And then yeah. I made it, like, exactly what you happened with yeah. me. Because Vine went to shit. I went on Instagram. And I had their all, they all followed me. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Damn. Dude, I think someone offered me like three or four racks no for way. my account. But I think at that point I had like two, 300K. They shoot the game. And, Shooter but yourself. I was estimated to have a million by the end of senior year oh, in high school. Shit, bro. In high school. Because I was getting like a thousand something followers a day, bro, at one point, like in my prime. Jeez. And I was like, nah, bro, I can't. But dude, looking back. Because I think I had, like, one strike or something already. So for I was copyright. like, yeah, for yeah. copyright. But the thing is that the music, they didn't really trip. It was more of the footage. 
which doesn't make no. sense though because like what separated from the people who got copyright and the people that didn't was just like an extra like minimal more of a crop oh like less or more or like more like if you zoomed in a little bit more just to crop off the scoreboard or something say like, you know yeah. just crop off the scoreboard or even just add add the like the black bars you'd be fine you would be fine i was like bro like that literally doesn't make sense but yeah, you live and you learn. So I learned so many things. I mean, I learned how to basically get it growing on social media, you know, and now that's what we're trying to do. Apply to HK, just use hashtags. We got to be more active for sure. Cause that's one thing I was doing. I was posting like two, three times yeah, a day. Exactly. I, I literally knew what times to post. I was like, right, I'm going to post right at 8 AM in the morning mm-hmm. when everyone's on their phone. And then I would post one like during lunch and then one in the afternoon. Yeah. And like, I was able to see all the analytics too. Would you actually use the analytics? Cause like now I'm trying to, I'm getting into, um, I'm doing, well, I wanted to study analytics and like mm-hmm. economics and stuff like that, but mostly on social media. Cause I know like you learned a lot from social media mm-hmm. and real quick, like how did you actually use analytics like that? Or did you just like see like, Oh, people like Ronaldo videos, people like this and then just kind of use it at a rudimentary level. Um, well, so the way I used it was that like most of my followers were from Indonesia, I think. <laughs> so like I would like figure out like when to post and like I was like, all right, this is what time it is in that country. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, all right, like I know this is when they'll be awake and this is when they're mostly on their phones. Right. Yeah. So I'd be like, OK, I'm going to post this video at this time. And then I also had a lot of obviously USA followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think UK and brazil so i would kind of just want to post at like prime times in those specific countries because obviously the time difference and stuff yeah yeah so yeah that's the way i would do it to try to hit hit the the target market and that and using hashtags hashtags really? worked a hashtags lot yeah like they work like that yeah they work like that interesting uh and that and also like back then you know how you can see who liked who yeah. Like on the like they had that one section where you can see oh, yeah, this account like this. It that was, was that was deadly, that bro. Was deadly. But it was deadly, but at the same time it would be beneficial because Forbidden. like when when I would work with the bigger accounts with like a million or like a million plus, you know? Mm-hmm. So they would they would like my video and comment on it. Yeah. Cuz that was before like the sharing on your story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's how people would, that's how it would gain traction, you oh, know? Oh, because you could see that page and you'd yeah. be like, oh, my, my, you know, who I look up to is, is fucking with AP. Yeah, exactly. So you would follow them. Yeah, because that was before they the share and stuff. Oh, fire. So that's how I, I was able to grow a little quicker. And then funny enough, bro, going back to when I was making edits on Vine. Yeah. Like, you know, at Cities. At Cities, yeah. Yeah. Dafu, Dafu would also make edits on that. Vine. And I guess he was kind of big on Vine when I was just starting off. Uh-huh. Cause he had like 25k or something and i think i hit like i think i hit like a thousand or something and i thought it was like big or whatever mm-hmm. and i did a face reveal and that fool like dm me he's like no way like you're ap i'm like yeah like because i didn't know he made edits and he's like yeah bro i'm eddie i'm like no way eddie you guys knew each other from yeah school we knew i knew each other from ngs actually oh, so oh NGS. yeah yeah and uh, but that's I didn't know he made edits, and I guess he didn't know I made edits. That's and we just found bro. each other on like social media and stuff, dude. That's and then you guys ever are since too. that, like he helped me out a lot on IG and shit like that because he had a bigger page on IG also. Yes, and he was com- connected with other people with bigger pages too. 
Dude, social media is such an interesting thing because, yeah, like, yeah. everybody has their own experience with social media, and it's like you never really know what you're going to learn or where you're going to understand or where you're going to go with social media. It's more about what you make of it, right? Like, if you enjoy soccer, and this is, like, actually a really beautiful thing because, like, if you enjoy soccer and you make edits, like, I don't know where in my life, like, where my intuition was at that point, but I never had that intuition. So it, it's cool to see that, and it's cool to understand, like, your perspective and see, like, oh, shit, like, even the face reveal and now seeing your boy Eddie, like, oh, shit, he makes edits, too. Like, that's fucking funny, bro. Um, and and stuff is changing now, too. And that's why I really like enjoying it because I think there's more depth now. Before, it was very simple. It's it's post a video and it's it's by word, of, almost like word of mouth. Like, if someone comments or likes your stuff, it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be more popping and popping, like, a thousand followers a day. Now, it's more algorithm-based. Like, TikTok is very algorithm-based. Reels is algorithm-based. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very, very difficult to grow an Instagram um, account to like a million followers. Now I'm reading a book called How to Grow or How to I think Grow a Massive Following, like Road to a Million Followers or something like that. And he breaks down like every single little detail. And it's it's all about shareability, the the content, like why you're posting it, and then also having like uh you know uh, like virality and being disruptive in this you know marketplace that we have with social media, which is cool um you know moving on from that i guess and you mentioned hk you know talk to me about your experience with hk how that started and then you know um what this experience has been like because i know this is probably like your second but more more like your first right entrepreneurial journey um i know ap7 edits hd was a thing Mm -hmm. um but that was more of like uh it seems like you you just kind of you had it not not, i wouldn't say on the side but you just kind of you did it and it happened, right? This is more like you planned it and you want to do it now and then you want it to happen, right? It's like a three-step instead of like a two-step quick bang, bang, you know? Um, you know, t- tell me about like that experience and how it started. But yeah, for sure. Because a- AP7 was just like an initially started for fun. Yeah. And then I was just like, like I didn't expect all that to happen, you know? I was just in, in my class, like not not having a teacher who can actually teach with steel pens and then yeah. it just blew up. But anyway, going back to HK... So now with HK, shout out Humble Community, original merch right here. Yeah, I see it. And yeah, basically, I guess it started with me and Chris Woods. And we were at the studio with him. I was at the studio with him. We were talking about starting to get, he, he, he's a very uh, creative person, I would say. So like he likes to express himself in various forms of artwork. So one of the methods that he wanted to do was like clothing. Yeah. So a clothing line. So we said... I told him I'd be down to help him, and so he originally we we're gonna be called Baypack, right. but then we were with Don Capri, shot Don Capri, and he told us that like it's better to, cause being Baypack would be very limiting, like limiting to just the Bay Area itself. Right. Yeah. And so like if we really want to go Bay, we wanted to be something that everyone could join and everyone could be, be and feel welcomed. You know. Love that. Yeah. So. Eventually, we worked up uh, the name Humble Community, and I was with Chris. We were designing the logo, and we took inspiration, actually, from the Golden Gate Bridge. And see, this is the logo. I don't know if you can tell. If For those who are watching the video, for those who are listening on Spotify, just search up at Humble Community yep. on all socials. We'll be there. But yeah, we took inspiration from the Golden Gate Bridge, and basically what I did, I just took the H, and then I took the k because it's community with a k and so i kind of flipped it and on its side 
and kind of just try to make it like the the Golden Gate Bridge somewhat. Yeah. Not exactly mimicking it, but we took inspiration from it. Nice. And the reason we use community with a K be- was because like we wanted to optimize like our search, you know, search engine optimization, right? So right. when people search up humble community, say f- with a C versus with a K, it would have been completely different because if someone searched up humble community with a C, like things that would have popped up were probably like nice neighborhoods or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And we don't want to be associated with all that because then the competition and the search engine is way more. So instead, we want to differentiate ourselves and put it with a K so that when you search up home community with a K, the only thing that pops up ideally would be us right. and all our socials. So that's that's what we did the K. And after that, yeah, we started meeting up with you. Yeah, I real quick, I'll just interject. Like and we talked about this, too, because we're, yeah. we're putting this in our website. But I remember you guys were just at the crib and you guys were working on, I think, like some music and like i think you guys already had like a shirt or a hoodie out and then i was working on nfts um and i was like i really want to make nfts i want to make digital art mm-hmm. um i've never been creative but i just you said fuck it you know let's do it and then you guys like we kind of came at uh came together at the perfect moment like oh let's 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 work together let's do something i was kind of like on my grind like got to do this podcast i need to i need to step up in certain ways in my business uh you know aspect of my life my professional life and then you guys were doing the same thing. I was like, that's perfect. Like, we're, we're doing two things that can be really good at the same exact time. And so I'm like, yes. Like, when when you said, like, like you know, let's, let's work together, be a part of the humble community. I was like, you know, for me, the humble community is a place where people that, you know, are going up against the odds and that want to make a difference in life and influence not just one person, but influence the world and influence everybody is that's what the humble community is. You know, that that's literally what it is. It's, it's a place where, you know, you show your talent and you try to grow and exceed the expectations and be at the highest level of excellence that you could possibly achieve. Um, and so when you, when you said, you know, like, this is what I'm doing, you know, that, that's how I saw it, you yeah. know, which was, which was dope. Um, I guess my question to you is, you know, what have you learned um, throughout this journey? Basically what we wanted to build humble community based on was that like things we would have liked to know when we were like younger you know yeah, yeah so that we can help and actually take action and actually change the world you know for the better but um one thing i've learned is that it's definitely very hard to work with a group yeah, especially when these people are your friends that you've known for a long time because one thing is being friends but another thing is being business partners right so sometimes you got to be able to, uh, I guess, dictate a fine line between those two and really tell people, like, either they got to step it up or you got to chill sometimes and then really take action and, and come at it from a, from a different point of view. So, like, a higher role, right? So if you got to tell someone, like, you got to be somewhat direct and at times like strict and be constantly on their ass like bro you got to get this done because at the end of the day like we are all relying on each other so if people are not contributing to how we would like it to be you know like as a friend but as a business partner you got to tell them like bro like you got to step it up and stuff but yeah i mean having gone to babson college right 
and we've read a lot about different different startups, different journeys of different people and how how they've also started up business, right? And one thing that I know for sure is that there's always going to be obstacles. So yeah. the the only thing that I've learned from that is that you got to be able to overcome those obstacles, mitigate the risks and be able yeah. to be able to uh, overcome those obstacles and really really try to um I guess really try to overcome the obstacles and literally get just continue to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like kind of like I said yesterday too, because we were we were at my, my crib and, and having a little bonfire uh, or a little like fire pit type thing and the wheelbarrow. <laughs> we, I was like telling you guys like you know if I was in a position where I was like not doing my job, you know, like just putting the company at jeopardy, you know, at risk, and like you said. Um, you know, I would want people to hold, I would want my group to hold me accountable. Like the moment I'm lacking, I need to be checked. Like I need to be like, yo, like you're not doing your job, like do your job and, and fix it. Because if, if I can't even get that, like through a friendship, I'm definitely not going to get that through a business partnership. And so it's like, just kind of knowing that and, and understanding that, but then also applying it and saying like, you know what, like, yeah, feelings are feelings, but you know, this is uh this is money we're talking about. This is the company we're talking about. This is the dream we're talking about. This is other people. It's not just about us anymore. It's about the people that we're influencing. If they see us, you know, not holding each other accountable, you know, how are they going to think like, "Oh, why am I part of a community that's not going to hold each other accountable?" Cuz ultimately that's what we want, to hold each other accountable. But we're not giving that to other people. It's kind of like, you know, um, you know, like what God says, you know, do onto others as you would want done to yourself, um, you know, or treat others the way you want to be treated. And so, um, that is a very important lesson. That's, that's, I think one of the most important things you could ever walk away with throughout a company is, uh, or through a, a experience really, you know, is like shit. Like, cause I know I'll, I'll never tell anyone to do something that I wouldn't do myself, you know, uh, shout out to Nightcrawler. I just saw that movie and that's the final line he says, and it's, it's a crazy movie. I recommend to watch it. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, you're good. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I wanted to ask you then, you know, because you're concentrating in business administration, marketing, and what was the last one? Economic? No. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Exactly. And so, um, you know, what what are your plans, uh, not only with HK, but with your career in the future? And like, you know, what are you, what are you hoping for, at least, you know, moving forward with, uh, with your journey? Because now you're about to go into your senior year last year college like that's kind of a a big stepping stone i guess uh i wouldn't say like in your culture but just like well i mean i guess it is your culture like american culture but i know for me like that's a big deal you know with with my culture like oh you got to finish school and whatnot i I don't really care too much about school i think you know education system is a a joke and you know you guys heard it in the last episode um you know there's definitely benefits to it and that's why i think you know babson is a great school because you told me, you know, you learned, he showed me his marketing, um, his marketing outline for his final, right? Or his midterm. And I was like, bro, they're teaching you about social media marketing. Like that's literally, I want to be a social media manager and manage like people's social media. Cause I think there's an extremely good benefit and a lot of influence there, mm-hmm. but I didn't know you could learn that at Babson. I'm like, what? You can learn that at uh, private education. Like that's crazy. So, you know, going off of that, you know, what do you, what do you have planned and, and what do you want to accomplish with, uh, with this education? Yeah, so like you said, I'm car- concentrating in marketing and entrepreneurship, and then the overall uh, degrees for business administration. And I guess my goal is just I've always wanted to do something like related to soccer. Yeah. 
So as you can see, probably through the AP Sound edits, you know, I've been a very fan, a very big fan of soccer. So I guess either I would want to do in the future some kind of like marketing agency for soccer players or footballers, whatever country you are in. And yeah, either do that or like you said, run like social media, like a manager of some sort. Yeah. And so either through that or another thing is that I also really enjoy is music. And that's why I kind of mix the two with HK, you know, in a way, like with the working out and then also the music. Right. And yeah, just have my own agency where I have like my own people that I run their accounts, market them. And especially now with the NIL deals that are available to college students, mm -hmm. really just being able to grow their grow their uh, aware, like their awareness as a player, but also be able to market themselves as a brand, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, everything's a business, you know, that's the way you make money. And so if if these kids who are all so so dedicated and driven like us, you know, they want to make it into the big leagues. And if they if they could have someone who has already done and achieved like 400K on Instagram, whatever it is, you know, yeah. someone like like me, for example, who can help them and really be able to take their brand to another level. That's what I want, would want to do, ideally. And I would say I would like to start off locally, you know, here in here in Marin County help people make it out, whether it be from the canal, from somewhere else in Marin, you know, just be able to have and give people a platform so that they can follow their dreams. Yeah, I think I think uh, personal branding is incredibly important in this day and age. Like, if you're not working on your personal brand, and, and it's funny because I actually just saw a movie called Spree, which is uh, features, what's his name again? You know his name, the guy from... Um, Stranger Things, the older brother. Oh, no, you know his name. Not the older brother. Steve. Steve. I don't know his actual name. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, Steve, Steve, whatever. His name is Steve from Stranger Things. You guys probably know. And this dude is plays a character that's a spree driver. Spree is the Uber of that uh, world, universe. And he goes out there, does insane things like, you know, driving. And, and I just, I don't want to give it away, but you guys should definitely watch it. Don't watch the trailer because I guess it gives it away. But it's very, very accurate to what we see nowadays with, like, TikTok streamers, Twitch streamers, uh, kind of like Andrew, not Andrew Tate, but, like, Aiden Ross and all these, like, popular Twitch streamers that, like, kind of do almost anything for views. And, like, um, it's very evident that nowadays, like, people really like that clout. Like, they love clout. Like, that was a popular thing back in 2019, and now it's kind of calmed down. But it's, it's very evident that, like, people want attention. That's just what humans are. You know, humans just want attention, and they want validation, and they want that short-term gratification, temptation, whatever you want to call it. And they forget the bigger picture. And for me, you know, uh, seeing people do these things, it's like very like, it's, it's, it's interesting because some people just do it. They want the quick, the quick way, right? Like doing what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm speaking my soul and, and I'm, I want to, you know, shed a light on different topics and, and be as, you know, open to, you know, all debates and all perspectives and all, you know, ideas and basically what i'm doing is i'm challenging those ideas i'm trying to see who i am while also you know trying to understand other people and you know saying like oh i don't agree with that let's have a conversation about it and be open about it but ultimately i'm documenting that and putting it out there so that people can kind of learn from it and understand that um and that's how my personal brand is, is developing and so if people don't you know find a way to do that 
logically, rationally, morally, ethically, whatever you want to call it. And they just do it just to do it. You know, no, no, I, I don't care. You know, that's fine. But it always comes back to them. You know, it, what it goes around comes around like that saying is. And um, I think building a personal brand and kind of showcasing that you are, you know, what what or what you represent, you know, is, is who you are. That's incredibly important. Now, I'm not saying, you know, building a personal brand, if you're not on social media, do you really exist? That's not what I'm saying, because that was a question that was evident in that movie, Spree. Um, and I think that what you said, you know, like helping people like, you know, athletes who want to reach another level, they have a certain goal. I think that is actually really good because you can kind of see you have a metric to measure it. I think as an economist, I, you know, I'm not actually an economist, but I like to consider myself an economist, a scientist, that you, if you can measure this metric, like, you know, college athlete to a pro, there's a sort, certain sort of um, parameters and a premise around that. Like, how can I get from point A to point B? And, and measuring that, it's it's pretty obvious that image is a, is a huge thing. You know, like Matt Sheldon, for example, not a good soccer player, you know, not a great soccer player, but he's, you know, playing pro soccer because he has a great image, great following, and has a lot of credibility. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with, uh, why do you think, like, you know, tons of jobs are now checking people's social medias? Uh, because image is an incredibly important thing. It's just something that's been ingrained now with within our society. And you either got to hop on the train or, or, you know, you got to, you know, wait till the next stop, which is like, you know, 40 years down the line when crypto is a new thing. And honestly, I think that isn't that's the now, you know, I'm, I'm shifting from social media into crypto right now. I'm pivoting as we speak because I'm like, uh, nah, social media like that wave is is cooling down. That's why, you know, like I said, um, it's 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 changing. You know, I think crypto is going to be the the little future or not the future the present um but that's me going on a little rant my bad no um, i agree actually because i feel like that's another thing that would like separate me from like the rest mm-hmm. of these like marketing agencies right because like we grew up with all this stuff like accessible to us the social media yeah. and like i said we had i had the ap7 so i was able to learn through these experiences right yeah. and it's completely different now especially with the upcoming uh, crypto like you were saying yeah. and all the blockchain and all these other things that are constantly constantly being innovated and these are just like new opportunities to market yourself like i saw i think chiesa vinicius like they got oh, their own like yeah. they got their own like crypto going on right they right. have their like whatever it is i don't know it's on it's on probably uh i think it's on um open i'm pretty sure probably yeah it's probably on open it might be on crypto.com exactly um and then also socios which i've a company oh, i mentioned yeah. before they work with the champions league and uefa um, and actually that begs the question because I actually want to get into that and case films actually mentioned this earlier too. Um, the reason those work, which is so stupid, but it's because they have a big following. Like we said earlier, sure. that's the only reason they work. They're not good products. Not mind you. I haven't gone into Vinicius's uh, Instagram and, and checked out his open C account and then checked out what he's selling. But I could probably tell, you know, like these fail, like De'Aaron Fox, he had a NFT uh, marketplace kind of thing that was going on and, it offered like scholarships to children. It offered, um, I think like money and like free shirt and merch, mm. but it's like very, very hit or miss. Like, you know, that's all you kind of get with that. There's no more depth to it. You just get free stuff, which is cool. Everybody wants free stuff, but you know, people want a community like Logan Paul, what he's doing with his, uh, a thousand or a hundred originals or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, or is it nine ninety nine something like that? A hundred originals. There's depth to that. It's it's stupid though because that's the only NFT that's actually making profit during this fucking crash, which is it's crazy. crazy. Or not the only one, but it's one yeah, of the only ones that's like I think it's the highest profitable one. Like um, even board apes like right now, like no exactly. one's really buying. 
And, and so I guess my point is, and sorry to cut you off, but my point is like Marco, who who told us like a Chris Brown shirt is selling for $50. Was it $50? $55, right? Which is made by uh, Chris Brown partnered, or he used Gildan t-shirts, white t-shirts, right? Mm-hmm. Which are like, for you guys that don't know, $5 t-shirts, prints his logo on it or his face on it. And then sells them for upwards of fifty dollar markup, triple. right? More than more than triple, but yeah, like quadruple the price. So you know, how do you view that? You know, like quality versus quantity. I know you kind of spoke about it earlier, but how how do you see that? And how how would how will you plan to basically um, fulfill that goal of you know that marketing agency? Yeah, well, for me, I've always been a quality over quantity guy, so I feel like especially because I'm into like videography and all that stuff. So like my vision for me and and the marketing agency is to like really do a lot more with like videos than like, fuck. Sorry. Anyway, what I was saying is that I kind of just, what I have, my vision is to be, like use videography and like videos to, to be more transparent and so that you can really because i feel like one reason people really admire like footballers and soccer players or whatever is because they follow their dreams right yeah and and they literally went through all the development and the academy all the way to the pro level so that's one one way one reason people really admire these people and so what i want to do is i want to make it more transparent Mm -hmm. and so i want people to really understand like who these people are because the more people can relate with someone, like the more they'll be like obsessed and like right, right. and start loving them and have a following. So like for me right now, as an example, I just finished watching the Arsenal All or Nothing. Cool. Come on, you gunners! And uh, yeah. walk alone. Yeah, I just I feel I felt more attached right. because it was like a. You were a part of that. Now. I feel like I was a part of it exactly. It gave me like an insider perspective, all the behind the scenes, all the. All the things that happen after they win, after they lose, all these emotions that that just get you going and they really get you hooked. And so I guess what I want to do through my marketing agency or whatever agency it may be, I just want to be able to give these players a, a platform to truly be transparent instead of just going for the like quick, quick buck with the whatever sponsorship deal, you know? Yeah. And so that that way they can really tell their story, you know, because behind every player, there's always going to be a story. And that's kind of why I really like listening to the podcast, especially Powerhouse Podcast, because I feel like obviously there's a bunch of people who are successful or like they're doing different things at different points of their lives. But behind and like there's there's always a story that goes along with how they came out and how they managed to be who they are today you know right. it's almost like that uh, ted talk you sent me you sent us a ted talk the other day in the in the hk chat and it was more it was about like you know how why apple is so successful is because it's funny because actually the main premise of soccer players is the why like you want to follow your dreams that's the why like that's the best why like everybody should follow their dreams that's a given yeah. you know the how is is the training i think you're kind of bridging that gap the what is the product the what is what are you doing now what team do you play for what is your you know uh resume like like how many goals do you have right but the the how is like how did you get to that point and i think is that what you want to document and not exactly. necessarily like documentary style but through the new wave which is social media right 
um, and having that like social media marketing because I see all these cool videos of like for those of you guys that don't know French uh, French company La Mabe uh, Benzema's right hand uh, film crew they film the nicest cinematography videography short form content it's all quick it's all good but the production level is through the roof it's amazing content Um, but it's all social media and I'm like dude like this is really really good content Um, and that's when I I really hit me you know like I want to do this as well um, you know, what, what do you think your, your, um, the challenges are going to be learning, you know, videography and, you know, shooting video. Cause I know for one, that's an expensive ass hobby. If you have a camera, if you guys have cameras, you know, it's an expensive ass hobby, lenses, mics, cages, rigs, gimbals, you, you know, case films we talk about all the time. What, what do you think the challenges, you know, besides money, obviously, cause it's yeah. an expensive hobby, but you know, doing that. I think one of the challenges for sure is just going to be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and really be able to stand out so that people want to sign with you right because like you said people are looking at other people's socials right so you got to have a good resume Mm -hmm. you got to be able to give people something to look at so that they know you're legit and so that they know that you're really about it Mm -hmm. and so i guess obviously i have the ap7 but that was something a bit different so now that's what i'm trying to do with hk right we gotta we gotta make it so that we can rise to the to the top and i feel like especially right now like i always like to learn right so one of the things i'm trying to do right now is i'm taking like digital analytics nice. i'm taking strategic marketing these, these are the two classes that you asked me about yesterday right. and so what i'm gonna do is that i'm gonna make sure that obviously i take in as much knowledge as i can but also like i know we're gonna have a bunch of side projects and stuff so as we as we have all these side projects, I'm gonna use HK as the like my project, right? right? And continue to to grow that so that when it comes to actually being able to encourage people and and persuade them to join my agency, they can have something to see that like that I've already yeah exactly a portfolio. I, I would actually I would actually recommend bro to to work on the personal before you do that because yeah. I think. HK, like we were talking about earlier, the difficult thing about it is, and this is the thing I've had to learn. That's why I'm, you know, I'm back on the podcast grinding this out is because as the collective, you know, it's very hard to show differentiation within yourself, mm-hmm. within a company of nine people, and then getting that differentiation across to one consumer. So like, you know, if you show that you're different, you know, from all the, all these other, you know, videographers, and then you you're able to put that all on your page. You have your style. You have one thing. Your cohesive page. Uh, you know, uh, uh, more or less like a theme. Mm-hmm. And then they see that they're like, oh, this is good. This is good. You know, this is what the, this is what they're getting. But with HK, in my opinion, I think it's very hard to create that cohesive theme. I think HK is its own almost like monster to deal with. Like they have, we have, you know, like a ton of different things that we do offer. But it's very hard to narrow it down. That's why like we've had multiple talks where it's like. Are we a clothing company? You know, are we a, you know, media company? Are we all these other things? And it's like, no, 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 we're a private label brand. But, you know, from within, it's very hard for us to identify and create one identity. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put, depending on, you know, how, how you see it, because I think with your personal brand, you or not personal brand, but with the, with the soccer, you want to be very specific with soccer. You don't want to do like soccer one day and then, oh, this is the dilemma because I think you can actually, but I think that's not what HK is because I think that other people in HK would actually disagree with you. Exactly. I would say, I would say, do it. I would say, put, 
put a portfolio on HK in its own thing. But, you yeah. know, like Chris well, Woods, for example, thinking, yeah. Chris Woods, for example, might not agree with that. And so that's where it, it gets it gets sticky. Yeah, you know? it does for sure get sticky. But I know we talked about like everyone's kind of going to do their own thing. Yeah. But then at the same time, try to contribute that to HK. So exactly. I guess that's kind of one that I want to start doing, especially now it's going to be my senior year. You know, like I really got to step it up. So I feel like, and and especially because we're gonna have people all over the place, we we're not gonna be able to post content collectively. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'm gonna start posting my individual content, and I so like too. day in the life and I wanna stuff help like out that. With that. I wanna I wanna help out. I wanna manage. I wanna help you manage the social media because yeah. now if you guys don't know, I manage like four accounts now. Yeah. I'm like sheesh. I'm building up that little management. Shit. Yeah, and I'm just gonna play around with it. You know, I'm gonna see what works, what doesn't. Because honestly, that's what I would do with AP seven two. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously, it didn't all work. So like, for example, I I managed to know what angles people liked. Like people really oh, like the close up ones exactly. versus like the far ones. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's the it's a the nitty gritty details honestly. Nice. And so yeah, I'm just gonna play around with that, especially um, back at when I'm at ba- Babson, and I have Danny with me to help me. So that'll be helpful. Shout out. Captain Mags. But yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be a grind, but I'm up for the challenge and like I said before, I I've I've been grinding my whole life, so Yeah, so it's just another just another step to overcome. Exactly. I think as you it's it's funny because it seems like it's never gonna get easier and in retrospect it will get easier objectively. Or actually I wanna say no, it's not true. Uh it's gonna it the the curve. The curve I was gonna say like it just everything it just gets harder and harder like mm-hmm. there's more the challenges become much more complex and things get more difficult um but your level of you know uh tenacity your level of per- perspication shout out andrew tate uh you know your your iq your instinct everything just evolves and you become a you know a, a higher level of human and so as that happens it almost you know you outgrow your problems and you you, you can handle things like oh you do that you do that you do that i'm gonna do this and then boom it becomes easier kind of but the level of problems are just much more difficult than what we're doing now but i think that's the beauty as you start to learn and grow you know you're going to be able to handle these things and i'm I'm excited for what's to come like i really am uh you know i think you and me have always like had these conversations like it's funny because right before you leave every time to boston like you and me have these conversations like i remember the last time you left we were in the car on the way to sacramento and you and me had the conversation about, you know, what are you studying? What do you want to study with this? And we were just talking about yeah. branding and uh, we were talking about branding and then, you know, stuff we want to do with our futures. And then now, you know, we're we're continuing that conversation and actually already have a company out, you know, that we're working on together. Shirts are coming in soon. And, and you know, next time I, I'm, I'm just waiting till next time to see what what that one brings. Yeah, for sure. Um, continue to market the shirts for sure. Try to get some sales out there in the East Coast because one thing I've learned is that you want to represent as much people as possible and you want to be able to grab in as many people as possible so that um, you can expand, like word of mouth, right? So if we can start selling shirts in the East Coast, that'd be very ideal. Start getting our own following out there, have our following here locally specifically because I feel like, especially nowadays, like people like to support local a little bit more than like large change. Uh, large chains so yeah i think i think 
think we can have some success out there for sure. We already have, I already have people like tapping in and stuff. Yeah. yeah, now now it's just the waiting game, honestly. Yeah, we'll we'll have them out soon for you guys watching. Hit the link down below. Hopefully they will be there. If you're watching this later on, the, that link will definitely be there. So just just wait on it. Um, yeah, before before I get to my or I want to get to my last question or before we wrap this up though, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good one because I can't wait to see what happens. But you know. Where do you see yourself, you know, in the next 10 years? Because I know it's a, it's a long time, but also I know you have to be prepared. And you, if you can see it, you know, you if you believe it, you know, you will see it soon. So, you know, where, where do you see yourself in the next 10? Next 10? Um, by then, I feel like HK would be a little bit more established, a little bit more official. And uh, I feel like we would have by then have centralized on a on a one idea together because like you said it's kind of it's kind of hard to all work together if we don't if we don't agree on one common goal and one common idea so that that's that's the most difficult part for sure but i feel like um in 10 years that would have been centralized already we would have have established like our foundation we would have our website we would have our llc we would be able to take out loans and invest it back into hk because ideally that's what you want to do and so i feel like we would be established we would have a few clients honestly where it'd be on the digital side the marketing side whatever it is um and then me personally i feel like i would have my own like marketing also have my few my my own clients also and yeah man just living life really really continue to work hard because i feel like that's that's one thing that like never is going to leave my mind you know the work ethic has always got to be there because the one time like you're resting right say you take a day off the other person who didn't take a day off is now one day ahead of you yeah and then it will just continue every time you stop someone else is going to be pushing the the gas so you got to continue to continue to keep working and i'm excited for what the future has to hold um i feel like i'd be i'd be not not like like set but definitely like financially stable because mm-hmm. that's the goal and at the end of the day you know everyone wants to be financially stable not having to rely on like shit am i gonna have enough money for rent shit like that yeah. Yeah. so definitely financially stable uh hk's established and just doing just doing uh what i left what i love to do honestly yeah yeah that's good man i i, I noticed you and danny always sell yourself shorts man you guys are, sell yourself short you guys are always humble with it but that's what yeah, it is that's what we are exactly um that's great i think i'm excited i'm definitely excited to see what like this next year holds because i know like we said exponential growth like every year just gets a little bit better you know every day you just get that much more better that much better yeah um and so, you know, got a lot of stuff to do. I know every time you, you all dip, like, I just always, my mind blanks. I'm like, damn, where did these fools go? Like, you know, and then, you know, you guys come back and it's like, okay, let's, let's get back to work. And this time, you know, it's, it's, we're more connected than ever with, you know, this company, more connected, you know, um, in terms of where we see ourselves in the future. And then also we're more driven than ever, you know? And so, um, you know, it's, it's a hell of a hell of a journey, bro. But that's that's the love of it. I think you got you guys got to love the journey. If you guys should take anything from this is, you know, seeing how growth and, and you know, going from, you know, 
basically half a million followers on, on IG and letting that go because, you know, you said I want to focus on other things and now, you know, pursuing, you know, school and then also a company at the same time and, and having these goals and having, you know, a set, you know, metric as well. Like, you know, I want to have HK established. I want to have my marketing agency, but I also want to, you know, be happy and live a good life and be successful. Yeah. Like having that balance is, is what you guys should have taken away from this. And at least that's what I took. I took away. I took a lot away from this. Um, you know, any last words for the for the people watching? You know, I don't know who may be watching, but I think, you know, your words are valuable and your time is, is even more precious than that. So, yeah, no, for sure. I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, I think balance for sure is one of the most important things in life because people can get, I feel like, carried away with doing something a little too much, you know, yeah. and then yeah. maybe it's not taking them in the right way. Maybe it's wasting their time. Maybe. I don't know. I, I just like to keep it real with myself. You know, I'm like, am I really going to need to do this? Or like, am, is, is this the best way to use my time and stuff? And yeah, just find a balance between having fun, working hard and enjoying life, bro. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you once again. I know you got a long flight out, out after this, so you yeah. better head out. But for those of you guys watching, I appreciate all you guys for watching. This was a hell of an episode. Hope you guys learned a lot. Tap in with AP. All his links are going to be down below. Humble Community will be down below. Case Films will be down below as well. Hit him up as well for uh, any of your videography needs. You see the production value in this. So you already know what the fuck's going on. Quality. Uh, quality. So, Wait, yeah. did you call me Case? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Um, and yeah, deuce. Peace.